Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Lucky World. Um, we're going to start off with a couple little quick things today. Um, with uh, Russ, you're going to start us off with something, and then we're going to get into some hockey. Yeah, um, my favorite team... New York Jets are the talk of the sports world today for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. If you watched any football or highlights yesterday, uh, they're 0-12. They have earned that. Mm-hmm. But yesterday they had a lead uh, late in the game, like 11 seconds left, something like that. And basically they lost the game because of a really stupid play call by the defensive coordinator. He decided to blitz the house, uh, meaning no safeties, nothing, single coverage on the outside against their fastest, uh, you know, wide receiver on the team. Now, what I didn't know at the time I did a, I do a podcast called Jets Rehab. What I didn't know at the time is the guy who was facing the secondary guy who was facing the fastest guy in the league had played every snap of the game and he's not very good and he's a rookie. So there's that you sent the house. And again, Greg Williams, who is the defensive coordinator has this sort of F you mentality, like, Hey, it's my defense. And if you don't like my calls F you and he is the architect of one 0-16 season, and he's going to be an architect of another. And there's never been a coach in the, NA, in the NFL that has ever been associated with two 0-16 teams. So they fired him. And, and, and believe, you know, believe me when you know, he was a former Bills head coach and FU was said to him many a time. Oh, absolutely. Um, he's a jerk. And he's also the guy who uh, was the, the bounty gate uh, guy. Yes. Uh, so, you know, he's he's got a checkered past. But this is what I don't understand. Unless they were purposely tanking, which I don't think they were. Nope. You're up by four points with less than a minute to go in the fourth quarter. I think it was second or third down. I think it was why are you, Yeah, why are you not playing like you're rushing three and you've got eight in coverage? Okay, so there's two things. The first one is the Adam Gase excuse, and I don't even know why he would say it because he – he has more power than he should. And he's probably the one that got Williams fired because they don't like each other. Anyhow, he basically said, well, uh, car didn't work well under pressure all game. Yeah, that's great. But the other real answer is he's done this before. He did it with the Browns and it worked. So he figured he'd do it again. But the problem is in the last ESPN had the stat with the last like 251 Hail Marys, nobody has ever done this in the last 251 except now the Jets. So it's not a standard or even close to a play that anybody would ever want to do, even like a high school coach, even like a peewee coach wouldn't do it. But this is not a prototypical Hail Mary. It's not like to throw the jump ball. No, but it's the end of the game throw. So they call it a Hail Mary anyway. I mean, I can't say anything because the Bills lost on a Hail Mary to, to Arizona. And that was a that was a that was a jump ball, and and yeah. and, uh, and uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins caught that one. This was like a long bomb pass in it the was. second quarter. It didn't the even guy. get the jump ball status. That was the sad he, part. He outran um, he, he outran the coverage. Rugs outran yeah. the coverage, and it was a, it was just like yeah, a he runs a four two seven. Like you don't put a rookie on anyhow. It doesn't matter anyway. It's over. Right. Yeah. Um, the Jets are streaming towards a zero uh, sixteen season. That's great. So now we have another one more thing. A musical. 
finger okay. pop. Yeah, uh, so this is an interesting one. I'm looking at this list now for the first time because I'm going to. I, I, I realize that everything like this is subjective. I get very it. Very subjective, yeah. But but I have to say. So we're looking to tell, but we should tell them what we're doing. So we're looking at the. When you talk. Top 100 best rock albums of all time, as according to Ellen DeWitt of Stacker News for Newsweek. For Newsweek, but, right. Okay, so uh, first of all, whoever Stacker News is, or if, if Newsweek employs Ellen DeWitt, she should be fired immediately. Because, <laughs> because okay, here, okay, here, here, here is That's the, here, I, I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to read, you know, it had the requisite number of Beatles albums and, Pink Floyd and the Stones, but okay, such such great rock bands as Arcade Fire, who I don't mind. I think they're actually good. But Arcade Fire has two albums in the top one hundred of all time: uh, Slint, LCD Sound System, The Pixies. Pixies uh, deserve to be on there. Pixies had two in there, but the Pixies. Yeah. Pixies are better than you guys are giving credit for. But continue. Well, no, I'm not saying that they don't maybe don't deserve one, but two. Uh, uh, Flaming Lips, uh, Tane Impala, a Weezer with two. Yeah, Weezer uh, shouldn't have two. They're not yeah. a bad band, but they shouldn't have two. Interpol, Wilco. Okay, who was not included? Uh, let's see, Crosby, Stills, Stills Nash, and Young. Young. I mean, Neil Young had two albums, right. but by himself. Uh, no Genesis. Uh, no yeah. Rush, yeah. No Jethro Tull, no Billy Joel. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, now the number one album, and I, I, I love Radiohead, I do. But Radiohead had six albums in the top one hundred. Yeah, Radiohead having too many. There are too many Radiohead albums for sure. There but and, and honestly, the, second, the second best, the second best Radiohead album besides OK Computer is Pablo Honey. And it and Pablo Honey is not on, not one of the six. All right, let's hear from Mac, and then I'll give you my shot. Obviously, there's obviously you know you've got taste involved here, right? So this is like sure. you know, everyone's got their own tastes going on here. Um, there were some good albums that she put on here that definitely deserve to be on here. I I have long said the interesting thing about this list is the top two albums are what I've long said are the top two albums of all time. Yes, which is really interesting. Um, because number one being Radiohead's OK Computer, number two being Dark Side of the Moon. I do. I do. I'm 100% on board with those. Two. I'm not um, against Dark Side of the Moon being there. I'm against Pink Floyd having three or four in there. Yeah, they had Wish You Were Here, uh, Animals. Yeah, wall. Animals should not be in there. Animals, animals should not. Be in the wall no. and Dark Side of the Moon. And I think you know three of them. The are Wall necessary. for sure. Wish You Were Here yeah, probably. Those. I wish You Were Here, Dark Side of the Moon, and, and I could live with three, wall. but Animals should not be yeah. in there. Right. Um, Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys should be higher than that. I agree. I, yes. It should be higher, yes. Yeah, I mean, number, thir number 13 on this list. Um, when you have Arcade Fire at number 11. Arcade Fire, I have not heard that album, I must admit. Um, so I don't know that album either. I do, know friend, I do have friends who are huge Arcade Fire fans and say I've got to get into them. Um, so uh, maybe uh, maybe this I'll check, I'll, I'm going to check this album out because of this part list probably. Just right. check it out. I, I got a few of these things too, X. So um, I felt like, hey, close to the edge at 86 probably yeah. should have been a little higher because it's considered a almost a perfect album, and especially mm -hmm. for the influence that it had on Radiohead and a lot of other bands oh, yeah, that, yeah, are, yeah, yeah, yeah. that are in the list. And, um, and, uh, Going to Run from Bruce Springsteen should not be 57. Matter of fact, I had a number here. Let's see. Uh, 
That was 57, but Pink Floyd's Animals was higher. Like, and not in any yeah. universe does anybody believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless and you're high. Maybe if I mean, you're high. We're hot. obviously looking at a person with a specific kind of taste here, right? Yes. And that's and that that's normal for these lists. That's that's tricky, you know, with these lists to do How these. About this? this isn't tricky. Oasis. Thriller is not a rock album. Yeah, oh, wait, Oasis with two. Wait, hold on, let, let I can answer that I'm, one. I'm sorry, go ahead. Rumors? No, Thriller a is thriller not a rock, a rock album. album. It's a no. pop album. It's not a rock album. No. That was in there. Uh, no, yeah. no Van Halen. None. Um, the Metallica's best album is the Black Album. They have Master of Puppets at 96. Uh, right. One Who album. One. Yeah, Who's Next? That was it. Right. And that's not even their best. I mean, no, no Tommy. Yeah, Tommy probably should be in there. You uh, know what's interesting is like the Bob Bob Dylan, too, is debatable on some levels um, for me. Oh, and for me, I, it definitely is. But I think he should as be. Much in as much as I love Bob Dylan, and he just he just sold all of his albums. By the way, all of his. Oh, he did yesterday for like some like three hundred million dollars. He sold all the rights to everything. Um, kind of cheap though, if you think about it. It was uh, it, it was pretty cheap, but you know, not a bad not a bad cash out. No. What did he sell to um, Apple? I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure. I know. I, I'm not sure. I just saw. I was just. I just saw the headline of it. Um, uh, you know, the, there, I mean, there are some things. I mean, yeah, Arcade Fire. I don't. I mean, the Cure is going here. That's good. I mean, here's two bands. All right, Eck. because punk should be in there in some way, shape, or form. The Ramones and Green Day don't even have one album there. Like Dookie's not even in there, and the fact that the Ramones are not in there is crazy. But Coldplay yeah. is in there. Yeah, but Coldplay's in there. That's a rock yeah. album. Yeah. So is so is Purple Rain, which well, is not. Well, you got, you, got to define, you know, rock is such a friggin' ridiculous thing to define. Um, well, this is, is the same. This is the how same. How do you define rock? You know, like there's a, that. That to me well, is. This, this is the same argument that we have about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The notorious yeah. B.I.G. and the rappers don't belong in the Rock and Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They belong in a rap or hip hop Hall of Fame, but they don't want to. I'll tell you how you define rock and roll. You can't dance to it. So if you're dancing to it, it's not rock and roll. And if it doesn't feel like it, it isn't. And you know, like I said, Thriller isn't. Okay, Coldplay, you can't dance to rock and roll. That's an interesting statement. No, you really can't unless it's fifties. Okay. Unless it's fifties rockabilly, you really can't. Act. I absolutely love this person. I think she's incredibly talented. But is Kate Bush rock and roll? No. No. Hounds of Love is number seventy on the list. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins have two uh, entries, and I like the Smashing Pumpkins, but they have two. Yeah, they shouldn't have two. Well, Kate Bush is 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 rock and roll like. Like in some ways, Genesis is rock and roll to me to a degree. So, well, I mean, it's, it's funny that it's funny that oh, as usual, progressive is dramatically underrepresented. Yeah, but I'm not even mad at that. I'm but, not. But but they but they put King Crimson in the Court of the Crimson yeah. at 26, which is about right. No, that that one's actually right. Yeah, when, you do, when you do these out, when you do these lists, you really have it's impossible to do the greatest all time list. You really have to do like if you were to do influential. Influential album, list. yeah. I think that's the way you do it, right? Which, which is that the, then you know, then the Kings, then the Court of the Kings, in the perfect spot, basically. Um, maybe Actually, a there's another band that you almost didn't name there, the Kinks should probably be in there, yeah. The Kinks should be in here for sure. The, the Arctic Monkeys don't yeah. know them, so yeah. I mean, I've heard of them, I've never listened to them. Uh, there's three Bowie albums, I think, probably uh, Suff Jen Stevens. You yeah. know, it's I, I don't know. But, I don't know. I mean, see, I don't know them, so it's hard to say. But I don't know them either. I don't. And and this is why, like, rock is such a big, varied topic. You know, of different 
terms. Um, I definitely think, you know, you're going way too high with, with Radiohead for like, you know, just for having like just the number of albums. Three I, albums in the top 10 even. Is that what it is? Yeah. The thing is, I think if you, I think if you ask Radiohead, they would probably say Abbey Road is a better, is a, is a, uh, or Sergeant Peppers. Yeah. Or Sergeant okay, Peppers. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go out and, and definitely call out the author for this. Like Mike said. So I looked up when Thriller hit the Billboard charts. Here's what it hit. U.S. Billboard Hot 100, Hot Black Singles, Adult Contemporary, not rock and roll. Right. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not a rock and roll album. And that's and that's you know that's just that that and neither is Bob Dylan. I mean, that's Bob Dylan right. is not rock either. Bob Dylan is folk music, you know, flat yes. out. And that's okay. you know that's not to say there's not a mixture. I mean, Bob Dylan has electric albums, but and and here here here's my here's my final point. Um, you can argue, but the Joshua Tree could be the the highest ranked. U2 album. Yeah, I think it was in the sense. 40s. They were beaten out by a band called another Irish band called My Bloody Valentine. I've heard of them. I've seen them in show, at a show. They they're okay. They're okay, but their album is 20 places ahead of the Joshua Tree. Yeah. That, I think that represents what this what this this list is. I'll, no, I'll, I'll retweet it so everybody can uh can uh, can uh, take a look at yeah, it. Yeah, there's a bunch. Uh, listchallenges.com. Actually, here's I'll send a good link to everybody. Um, this is actually a pretty good one. Um, listchallenges.com has this on there, which is really good. Um, so if you actually just just look up Newsweek Top 100 List Challenges. Yeah. Um, that has that has just the albums. It's easier to look at because they're in. They just have the albums like the album covers. Yeah, and Pet um, Sounds should be in the top ten. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Pet Sound, and so X. Never when mind. Cold, it should be higher than that. Yes. When Coldplay lands on alternative, does that mean alternative rock, or is that just alternative? No. Well, Coldplay, that's about that, Coldplay, that's about Coldplay is in is in is in the uh, thriller area. Like okay. it's like so they shouldn't be in there. Coldplay is a pop album. That's, just, and that, it doesn't okay. That's about as accurate as Jethro Tull winning a heavy metal Grammy. Right. So that's my problem with it. <laughs> and I, I listen, and I mean, I don't know. Coldplay again. Rock is such a you, you can't, you, you know, you, you just say the best band out. You should like the best band albums or something. That to me is. That's a good one, too. I mean, I just, I want it to be noted that I defended Springsteen in this argument. Thank you. You did. I did. And Springsteen, you can dance to. Um, yeah. So you're like saying. If you've been to Springsteen concerts, you know you can dance to Springsteen. Yeah. You, you, can, also, you can also throw up to it. but we'll It's not good dancing. Yeah. It's really good dancing. Courtney Cox, Courtney Cox can dance to it, but. Not Bruce, but let's um, I mean, start. you know, there are some, there are some, some, you know, that they picked that were that are really good on here. Um, that like I felt, what? you know, I, I mean, I felt I'm just looking through. I'm I'm going through it quickly here myself. George, um, but, uh, George in the chat says Pet Sounds is not a good album. Three. Oh, good Jeff songs. Jeff Buckley's Grace, by the way, that is a yes, phenomenal album. That have that at, they have that at fifty five. I've heard of it. I don't know it. Very yeah, well. uh, Hallel his version of Hallelujah is. In, oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That. That's yeah. the one you hear from it the most time. But Jeff Buckley yeah. in general is just like one, yeah, of the, one of the best vocalists, male vocalists of, of all time. By the by the way, no cream, no Clapton. Yeah, how do you have no Clapton? No yeah. Clapton. Yeah. Not four sixty one Ocean Boulevard. Not Layla. Give me and no no cream. Yeah, see me personally, I would have one of the Derek of the Dom and the Domino's albums because that has Layla. That's what I would do. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I actually would put Purple Rain on here. Believe it or not, no, I, I, Purple Rain, I'm fine with. Yeah, I'm. I fine mean, with it, 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 and then you know, then you then you, but then you do f the the fine line between Thriller and Purple Rain. Um, 
they're dance albums, but they're but they're well, um, but but I mean, dance club know, albums is what they are. They're they're like you know, if yeah, you watch the Purple Rain movie, but you know, but you know what? I will say this: Prince, because he played guitar, definitely uh, played more rock and roll for yes, sure. Yes, let's go crazy. He was influenced by rock and roll, where Michael Jackson was never influenced by rock. Oh and no, yeah, he was he was but, influenced by Jimi Hendrix. Let's go Obviously. crazy is is the is is a definitely a rock song. Yeah, but Bada Bing is a good point. Like in excess, you yeah. put the, the X album, which just turned thirty. That everybody has that album. Yeah, um, and yeah. I'll, Richard is asking me this question, so I'll, I'll answer it. And I did interview Andrew Ferris. If you want to go to Sportsology, he's a great guy. How many Radiohead yeah. albums are on here? If oh, it's a hundred, the top one hundred. No, but how many Radioheads are in the top one hundred? Oh, six. I counted them. Six. That's nuts. Oh, and and like I said, Pablo Honey is I think the second best one, and it's not even on the list. Um, yeah. Richard, if 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 I was going to pick the album that would be in the top one hundred, if if it was Genesis, it would probably be Selling England by the Pound. Yeah, that's the one I would. I, I yeah. love I love the Lamb, but the Lamb is four sides of you know. There's some stuff in there that only like I, I would think the Lamb would be on here probably. I mean, it, over, the, the over, over, about over, this, like there's no way. To look at this, and then we'll move on. I know we're talking a lot, but um. It's a fun topic. Um, but here's the thing. Here's the thing that they look at this also with, you know, some of these albums are on here because they had like one or two really big songs. Like I would say Russia Blood to the Head is that, you know, like, you know, it has a you know a big, big song on there where, and, you know, I think when you go through the albums, like Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, that's an album. I mean, yeah. to me, to me, albums versus albums versus. Right. I, I, I like Lamb better. I do. Yeah. But I think. If let's say you're not a huge Genesis fan and you just wanted to see what was more enduring, like I know what I like is more enduring than probably any of their songs. But act, the thing is, there are albums just on for here. normal people to know. Yeah, sure. There, I get there, that. Are, there are albums on here like Pink Floyd Animals that doesn't have a hit on it. It's right, just, that's fine too. I, I have no problem with that. Like, yeah. The difference of this is that is that now I mean, when's the last album album you bought that that you would like listen to from beginning to end? Most people, we would probably say there were albums. You know, like I. And I'll tell you what's actually like crazy. You guys are going to think this is absolutely nuts. But if you want to watch something really interesting and you want to get into something that's like probably not your style at all. I don't know if you guys have Disney Plus or not, but I, I haven't. Not yet. Um, the, the Taylor Swift documentary of the album she just did called. And Mike, have you listened to this album? Mike, this is like this new Taylor Swift album is she just did. She just did a folk album like a like a. Like a folk music, it's like oh, kind she's of, talented. She's really kind of sounds like the story meets like Sarah. You would really actually love the. I'll, I'll I'll take a look. I'll take. I'll and take and if you look. watch that documentary, which I think is on other things too, like um, I I had somebody like startup show type things out there. Um, you could probably find this Taylor Swift. It's a documentary on how she made the album. Yeah. And it's really interesting. She did it with two guys from a real from a really indie band, mm -hmm. um, and she did it during quarantine. And it's it's all just song based, and it's really. Phenomenal, and it is it is actually an out a, story, a concept album from beginning to end with stories. They they blame, it's it's crazy that you that this came from her. Um, but it's I, worth it. I I had somebody recommend me listen to what Miley Cyrus is doing right now. She's like going she's going rock. She's covering Led Led Zeppelin and. Uh, I have, I have a good friend like, who, uh, who's, who's in the music business forever and well, went to Miley Cyrus live a few years ago and said it was it was she got the tickets for free. Went kind of on a lark, thought it would be ridiculous to go see. Yeah. So it's one of the best shows he's ever seen. By the way, no no Soundgarden, no Alice in Chains, no Stone yeah. Temple Pilots. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I mean, why don't they just put the Umaguma album? Didn't they have a song called like Frogs and it was just frogs going for Pink Floyd, right? Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, yeah. all right so let's um we'll move on guys thanks thanks for thanks for endearing this but there's not a whole lot to talk about today we will get into some stuff but we wanted to talk about this, this is yeah we got we got a few what was the what was the foxtrot thing that question you threw up there for a second there? uh i think they were asking what what i thought the best the best of the genesis albums was i i love foxtrot and supper's ready is an epic but that's my favorite I, song but i agree with yeah. you on selling england by the pound selling england by the pound is just overall a a, a phenomenal yeah. album i actually think my favorite yes album is going, for, is going for the one so not it's not really yeah, yeah. i mean i i love the yes album i love fragile but close to the edge even though there's only like four four yeah, or five yeah, songs I'll, I'll, I'll act two things about this so the actual song going for the one our, our swim team in high school used mm -hmm. to use that <laughs> played that before they went out which i thought was kind of cool but yeah. awaken is one of their most enduring songs so if you're going to pick an album that song is legendary Yes. Yeah, no, that that song is Awaken is amazing, and also uh, Wonder, Wonder, Wonder Stories on the album too, right? Wonder Stories is great. Yeah. See, to me, those two songs are Awaken. What really makes it is the harp. Like when when they don't yeah, have John yeah. Anderson, they don't have a harp. But Russ, when John yeah. Anderson plays it, he has a harp. Tales of Trop Topographic Oceans has two no, songs on it, right? Yeah. yeah. Four songs. Four. One, four. 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 That's right. But um, and and the the one um the one the re the revealing science um revealing science of the god friggin amazing side um, all right we're moving on but um yeah 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 okay so sorry guys and sorry Timothy in the chat who wants us to talk about the NHL which we will we, we, we there's nothing more exciting than labor talks we'll get right to it now here we go <laughs> uh, all right um hello hockey world it is Monday December seventh two thousand and twenty. I'm Michael Agello, and today is the 79th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. That's my history degree talking. There you go. I'm Russ Cohen, and today is the 25th anniversary of the Canadians trading Patrick Waugh to the uh, Avalanche. Two dates that will forever live in infamy. And I am Eklund. You're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Fridays at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world and at Timothy's request in the chat room for gang to hockey. Let's start. Let's start with labor talks because I. And what's well, well, let, let's let's just we'll we'll get the labor talks. I just want to start with this because it was breaking news yesterday, and the implications of what's going to happen, you know, uh, what is happening, are going to have far. I think far-reaching effects for the NHL in terms of development of players. Uh, last week, six. ECHL team said that they weren't going to play. That's now increased to nine. Uh, I think it was Idaho, Cincinnati, and it was one other team I can't, I can't remember right now. But Cincinnati was the is the ECHL affiliate. Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo, thank you, uh, is the ECHL affiliate of the Sabres. And this is the thing. These organizations, now you have nine NHL teams that have players that they are they're developmental players who now have no place to play, sometimes goaltenders, sometimes, you know, whatever, just guys – um, now they have no place to play. The AHL is not starting until February. You know, just like kids are being affected by not being able to go to school, these players are going to be affected by not being able to play for an entire year. They may not be able to recover in terms of, you know, getting back into the swing of things and progressing in their career. You don't, we don't know, but this is not good news. No, I mean, the biggest thing that I will say about this is you can't place them all. Like, that's just the way it is. So, right. Like the career guys from the ECHL are screwed. They're not going to have anywhere to play. Other leagues have started. They're pretty much out of work. It sucks, but there's nothing you can do. The one thing that I came up with, which I do think is viable because it doesn't affect the salary cap, it's already included, is I think the NHL should either waive 
altogether for this year? Any kind of restrictions for playing players that are under um, ELCs or make it like 25 to 30 games instead of nine counting towards, yeah. you know, so this way at least those players can stay involved because they're sense. all over the place. They're not just in, you know, Canadian junior hockey. They're everywhere. Well, Russ, that makes sense because also if you're playing a condensed schedule, you know, you want more players on your rosters. On right. your eyes, so. But that's a collect, that's a collective bargaining. Well, issue. what are you, what are they doing now? No, no, no. no I, I mean, I, it's I, a collective bargaining agreement, but that you can make, you can easily make changes there. I mean, it's obvious it, it benefits. It's something that benefits everybody. It benefits well, everybody. Well, yes and no, but the, this is, this is the thing. I mean, the, the owners might be in favor of saying, okay, it's not 10 games to kick in the ELC. It's, you know, 25, but the player, once you kick in that ELC, then the clock starts and it's three years and then you get paid. If you're yeah, the players just, would rather play in this situation, Mike, yeah. and I, I'm pretty sure I, I, I hope feel so. very confident of that. I hope yeah, so. I mean, the only players that doesn't benefit technically, I guess you could say are players whose jobs are at risk from these kids playing, you know, like, right. They, and there's nothing you could do about them. And that's just competition. So you got to deal with that, you know, and I think that that's yeah. the reality that is. I mean, are any bullies? The, this is the worst year for goalie development that we're ever going to see because they were already starting to send goalies to the ECHL. Now you've got teams down, so we don't know if the league will even happen. And there's going to be a slew of goalies that literally will have no place to play. Now, along along those lines, because we've been hearing about the taxi squad situation, especially with those three teams that have uh, AHL affiliates in the states that are you know Canadian teams, then the problems that will be crossing the border. Um, Ellie Friedman reported last week that if there is a taxi squad, the taxi squad would be paid at their AHL salary and not at their NHL salary. Yeah, so that, that, yeah. If that's the case, then you're probably going to see instead of like those one-way contract guys, and I'll use the Leafs as an example, a guy like Kenny Agostino who's making 750 if he's in the NHL or the AHL, they may keep – the, uh, they may on the taxi squad. They may have a guy like Nick Robertson or some of their younger guys because their AHL salary is eighty thousand or a hundred. I've actually heard that they're that that. Well, I know that's that's the case. They will get paid their AHL. And I've actually heard, and I was writing about this tomorrow a little bit, um, that the taxi squads could actually there could actually be a taxi squad salary cap. Okay. Um, set up where that's that's it sort of that varies differently. That that's that's different than your NHL cap, basically for the players. You know, that would be like you have to have a certain amount of players in there, but you can't go above a certain amount in your taxi squad. And it, it might be the way that the NHL, some NHL teams can clear up some space. There's possibilities there, you know. Um, it doesn't, it, it's, it could really screw some players. Well, it's are, kind of know, like the TJ Brennans of the world, guys who have made a career of playing in the AHL. Yeah. Uh, they may start to feel the squeeze too at some point. And, and the other thing I've heard, and I'm going to write, I shouldn't, I'm going to, I'm not going to say well, that. Well, well, let me, let me uh, hold off on it because you want to write about it, but I'll just say this from uh, what another thing that Friedman said is if those players are on a taxi squad, they would not be subject to waivers. Sort of like the practice squad. I mean, in yeah. the NFL, if somebody's on the practice squad, they can be picked up by another NFL team if they offer them a spot on their 53-man roster. So they're they're vulnerable. But nobody seems to be plucking people off the practice squads because it, it would mean it would mean um, uh, it would mean bring somebody into a new situation with COVID. You don't want to really do that. I have a feeling that in, in the NHL, if somebody's on their taxi squad, they're not going to be able to pick 
somebody off of that thing and waivers because they don't want to make these guys vulnerable to being picked up by other teams that waivers will not apply as a one year exemption waivers. You're probably not going to see a lot of stuff on the waiver wire. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. guess on that. You will. You will. For sure. For sure. And the last thing is just development wise, it's not good. I spoke to Tim Burke, the ASGM of the Sharks, and they want players playing. And there's a reason they want young players playing. It's because you don't get better just theorizing or just scrimmaging. You don't. You need to actually have real games with real contact to get better. I mean, this goes back to the original concept that was brought up a long time ago that I wrote about of having a B team essentially. I know, but they they can't even decide on the regular league. That's the point. But if you have if you have the if you have these players playing, if you have these players playing in your practice squad, why not have a second like B game after your first game in an arena that's already open and and you know got people working in there already, um, and just have a have a get even if it's even if you play two periods of a game, that's like or two a two half game that's like your that's for your practice players to give them time to get players in there to give them a chance to do something, uh, to keep them active. It it seems too obvious and too easy to not do I, it. I like it, but the problem is now the owner's spending twice as much to keep that building open. He's well, gotta have as much. It's not, it's, 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 well, I mean, I mean they got to have people there longer. Yeah, but it, the, you're paying, you're going to pay, you have to pay the salaries of the people that are in there for sure, but how, they're, they're hourly people and that's, you're not talking about, you're not talking about big numbers. The, the big cost is, the big cost is opening up the arena, heating it, air conditioning it and all that stuff. Right. Um, and, and then, you know, and the, and the gist of, you know, upkeep the ice and all that, which is already, that that's the built-in price. So, like the concept of that to me. We have a poltergeist on the show. I just want to yeah, say. Yeah, what are the sounds? <laughs> probably, you know, you probably were probably being haunted by something. Um, <laughs> so, but to me, to me, that makes more sense to have that sort of a thing going on afterwards. The other thing I've heard also that is interesting is the concept of, you know, what always happens in situations like this. You got a lot of great hockey players out there who aren't doing anything. Um, you're going to have a compet. You're going to have competitive things. People put things together like an Ontario teams, Ontario versus like you could you could have these guys because a lot of these guys live in the same area, they're mm-hmm. from the same area. So maybe you're going to have um, you could have some really serious men's leagues going on in Ontario and Quebec that are good enough talent that people they could maybe charge some tickets to get people to come out. No, you I'm could, not, but the only problem getting there lies with the government. The government right, isn't right, right. letting. Yeah, if you're not charged, I mean, ch- charging tickets is probably the wrong. No, but even not charging, they're not even allowing a lot of men's leagues at of any right. time. Right, allow, 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 allowing a lot of men. But if these guys are being quarantined already, if there's if there's a there's a ways around this, but you, you can see that there could be some kind of other thing that's sure where these players are going to play that sprouts up, like we've always seen in the past. You know, whenever I like it, but I you know I, I I think it's a good idea. But the problem is we can't even get them to agree on basic things like actually playing. Right. Oh, I agree with that. No, totally. I mean, obviously. <laughs> and we might as well talk about that. But let's get to that. Um, so <laughs> they talked through the weekend, and I was told things are going pretty well. There's not a whole lot of hole ups right now, honestly. Um, and I've I've told that two to four days we'll know we'll have we'll have some kind of announcement as to when they're starting and what's going on. Okay. Do you have, agree that there's literally only like two issues at this point? Right. It's in one and once you get past those issues, that's it. I mean Yeah. Yeah, and it's they're all financial. They're all financial and they're all just a matter of like bookkeeping in some ways, because if you're just, if you're just putting the, it's nuancing, it really right, is nuancing. It's, it's, it's making it feel not as bad as it is. It's, 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 it's promising money on the end, on the back yeah. end. It's different things like that. And once they get that together, once they get something that everybody's comfortable with, um, they should be a go. Now the interesting development today with that is the NBA putting in um, the NBA, paying each of their teams $30 million um, from the NBA coffers. 
Um, well, they to can help them. because they they can because they have a two billion dollar contract with right. the right. That's right. where they're getting their money from. Right. Um, the NHL also has a, a substantial amount of money in their car. I mean, they they don't have that kind of money, but they do have a lot of money. Um, and they they they've been you know remember their the league makes a lot of money on sales, merchandise, sure. and things. There's money there to be had if to help boost the teams, and I, and I really think it's gonna. I think it's gonna happen. I think it's not. I don't know. If it's gonna be thirty million dollars. I don't know if it's gonna be. It's not gonna be thirty. We know that. There's gonna be something that like they and are they being put the pressure being put on by the NBA doing it is real too. Like that's something that the NBA doing it. Um, Bettman, one of the things he does pay a lot of attention to. I've talked about this before is being considered on par with the NBA, and if he can't do it, and the NBA can do it. Um, the NBA playing, the NHL not playing, all that stuff, that 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 matters to the NHL. It matters a lot to Bettman. Well, he builds his competition as other leagues, and that's how he looks at it. So he's like it, competing against the other leagues. It should it should matter to him, but we have to, you know, we have to live in reality right now. The you know, and I'm not counting the sports net contract with the NHL in terms of so I know that's substantial, but in terms of the NBC contract with the NHL, they get two hundred million dollars a year divided by thirty-one teams, which is what? I think it's like seven, eight million, you know, whatever. It's not it's not it's not a uh, it's it's not a uh, ridiculous amount. So six, seven million dollars a year that you know that doesn't pay for one player on your roster. Whereas the NBA per year is getting, I think it's a billion. It's something like it's a bill over a billion dollars. So yeah, they can afford to pay out of their league thirty million dollars to prop up their teams for a but year. The sports net, like you say, why wouldn't you count the sports net? And well, no, because I, I don't know. I don't know what the amount is. I, I know we don't know what they pay each year. Right. So it, it, it's it, significant. It, I mean, I think it's more than sure. I think it's more than the MB, than NBC's plan paying and you know the yeah, CBC it's more than NBC. The CBC for Hockey Night in Canada. Um, you know, you also have, you know, the uh, French networks up there. You've got money coming in. Yeah, RDS. RDS, yeah. So you've got money coming in from Canada too. They're, they're, and you combine that together. They're not at they're not at a billion dollars, but they're probably about half that. Um, you know, and I think that you know, and I, we know that that money is split up among the teams to a degree, but I don't. Th I don't think it's. A, I don't think it's a straight split. I don't think. I think the Canadian teams take more of the Canadian money, and the American teams take more of the American money. From what I understand, yeah, yeah I don't I, know about that. I don't know. I don't, I, think, I, I don't think there's any way you could you could get away with. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that would that be contract the case. being split thirty-one ways. Yeah, um, I wouldn't think that that would be the case. <clears throat> no, no, I, I'm I'm pretty sure it is, and and the NHL takes part of it too, obviously. There's part of it, you know, the NHL doesn't take all the money that they make and just split it among the teams. The NHL has its own working capital too. It's not, you know, and and that how much they have in that is what we don't really know. Like how much they have in that, you know, their abilities to do to throw their own things, to do their own stuff. Well, I'll, I want to bring up something act that you know has always been something in the past that was I want to say discussed and ridiculed at times, and that's the marketing of the league mm -hmm. and. For while, for all of this time, while they're going through these talks and everything else, there is zero marketing of the league, and you can't always rely on the same fans showing up. Especially when you can't have them show up at the gate, you actually do have to reach out to other sports fans, and they are now really eliminating the time frame of that by a lot. There's not going to be a lot of time to if they want to put out commercials yeah. or a Zoom tour or something to get people excited about this next season, they are doing a, both sides are doing a lousy job of getting that done because that is going to be a byproduct of some of this. Yeah, that's no, a big byproduct. I think, 
that um, I know the NHL doesn't think it has a prayer competing with the NFL. And I think that a lot, a lot of the, you know, the later the start, the better type thing, because you're competing, you're not competing against the NFL. Like the NHL. Right, the Super Bowl will be almost over by the time they're going. Right. And once that is done, that, you know, until baseball opens up, you know, for good, you really have a, you really have, that's the NHL's time period. That's their, yeah, that's their period. The, the NFL, and I'm not saying the NFL is no competition for hockey, but we're talking about hockey playing four or five days a week and the NFL, in terms of the playoffs, are playing on Saturday and Sunday. So basically all the NHL has to do is avoid Sunday afternoon and, sa- and you know, they're going to go head-to-head Saturday night, but the rest of the week but, is just going to be build up for those games and they're going to be able to play their games. But the build up for those games are, you know, if you're talking about what people are talking about on talk radio, it's the build up to those games. Um, more than it is hockey, right? So, like the, the that's that's the NFL's magical. Right, but think about how messed up this is, Eck. The NBA is starting this week. Yeah. The NBA traditionally starts weeks after the NHL. Weeks. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. The NBA is starting this week, and that is, it is, it is surprising in some ways. I think the NHL. It is surprising. I think the difference here is. The NHL has started in January before. I think I think they have like this. They have a deep down not not they're not worried about starting in January. I think that that's the end. I really think that that played into. Yeah, but they had fans in the at, at the gate too when they started in January. No, they did, but I think that they know that they can get a season in pretty solidly if they start in January. I think they feel pretty good about that. Um, and they also want to get back on track. You know, like they want to get. So I mean, the whole the whole concept of finishing by the Olympics or not by the Olympics, like I've talked about before, that is still it's still not a thousand percent that they're going to finish by the Olympics. Well, I mean, every, 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 every report that we've heard says that the, 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 the they want to do it, right. Late June, early July, that they want to get the draft done and free agency done and then start next season training time. in September. Yeah. They, they yeah, definitely when they would normally start it. Um, right. That is what they want to do. And, but they also realize the NHL has got plan B's and C's. They also realize that what sure. you want to do and what's going to happen, what's reality is not necessarily the same thing in this day and age. So they have a lot of different, they're working with a lot of different balls in the air here and, and they keep all those options open. And, and so they, when you, when you're looking at, you know, dates, they're blacking out for arenas, they're blacking them out. I, I heard through August. So that means that there's that you know that oh just be prepared sure yeah in case they have that means they're going to miss out on some concerts too yeah I mean they're just you know if the concerts are going the the feeling oh they're going to be going I mean there's already tours starting I've seen at least three or four groups already advertising for 2021 tour yeah yeah but I think they're going to be mostly outdoor shows at least at this point the ones the ones that are scheduled right now are outdoor shows. Um, and I think uh, no, uh, no. Um, the Genesis one's indoor. That's in Europe, in UK. And now that they have a vaccine, I could see that mm-hmm. that going off. So it's not all outdoor. No, they're gonna do it in Genesis indoor. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, it's all indoor. Surprising, actually. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. There's a lot of different things. There's a lot of different things there that you have to think about for sure. Um, and I don't, I, I don't know. I don't. At this point, what I'm being told is there are some things they still have to work out. But we're not at the point right now where anybody's worried about Donald Fair or Gary Bettman getting up at the table and saying, you know, this is the talks are off, you know, until you figure out this. That we're not we don't have any deal breakers. No, but worried about. I, I I do think though that it's a little disconcerting and again, I think it's strategic because it it undercuts maybe the usual gravitas that that Gary Bettman has. But when Larry Brooks comes out and says that Jeremy Jacobs is livid at Bettman, 
for for this for the C, the, the the CBA and you know that yeah um, that 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 has an that has an effect of saying okay well everything is I mean we know why that's being leaked we do there is a, there is a group of GMs by the way I mean, owners by the way who don't want to play at all there are a group of them and right. there there are you know. And there, you know, some of them are in surprising places that you wouldn't expect, like places that we think make money and that wouldn't be worried about it. When some of the ones who really want to play are in places that you would think would lose the most. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily go along the lines of what you'd expect there. I want to say that well, like uh, I mean, one team that sells out almost all the time is near the top of the list of not wanting to play. Well, um, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, if I if I had to take an educated guess of who doesn't want to play, I would say. And Kevin said this on Friday too. He said, you know, Arizona, obviously, right. which is an obvious one. That's one you think about. Uh, Ottawa. I I don't think Buffalo wants to play. If they can't have fans in the stands, I don't think Buffalo wants to play. They're not one of the ones that I've heard either way. No, but but there's definitely about ten teams that don't. Yeah. But here's the no, other thing. Not, it's actually, more like I would say that there's more around five rest that that like that seriously don't want to play like oh, that seriously. But I still think, like, there's, these, these teams think there's no benefit at all playing without fans, and they should okay. just wait till October. There's about five or six, five that I know of, maybe six or seven because there's like four or five that I don't know anything about. But and Buffalo would be one of those. Okay, but um, yeah, there's no question about that. The other, the other fact. Well, you know, in the chat room, they're asking about Jan Levine. Jan's just schedule hasn't aligned. So that's why. Yeah, Jan's got something going on right now. Um, but oh, the yeah. getting getting back to this, the the part that is disconcerting from the player side is okay. So if they want to play the most games they could possibly play, it's in their best interest to hammer this out quickly because yeah. it's quickly going from 60 games to 48 no matter what they yeah. do. And yeah. if you don't want to get those extra 12 games in, then what the hell are you doing this for? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, well, I mean – For every indication is that they're sort of going to be meet in the middle, that it's 52 to 56. Right, but every day that they waste is another day that that may not happen. Right, but yeah, I think it. I, I don't know where, who's saying they're meeting in the middle. First of all, and who, what middle? Who wants more games and who wants less games? That's like an interesting thing because when well, I, I mean, heard, they're all pretty much. I fine. would think the players want the most games. Right, but there's that's that that's the thing that doesn't make any sense because that's the reason. But, but we're not talking prorated salaries. Right, that's why I'm kind of confused by that. It doesn't matter that you're not talking prorated salaries. They still want to play as many games as they can. There's no reason for a player wanting to play a shortened season. Is, is, it, is it strictly because they think that that they win the Stanley Cup this year? It's going to be an asterisk. No, I think it, I think it, I no. think it legitimately is that they want to play. That they right. just like. I think That's I think the there's a legitimate reason. thing to the few of those players, but the but those people aren't those players. And there's a lot of players like that. Every player wants to play. Like there, there's an yeah. old saying, like you know, I remember. Um, you know, when we were touring around as a rock band, other bands, our, we had a manager and our manager managed a bunch of other, you know, bands, many of which were more popular than us and that were touring and stuff like that. And uh, he always had a saying that the only way to keep a band happy is to keep them on the road. And it's the only way to keep a player happy is to keep them playing games. Right. And that really is the reality because you just, because if you're, because the idle time, you know, when, when you're not touring or when you're not playing is, is tough. Um, you know, with, with musicians, like we just make albums. That's what, that's the time we sit down, we make albums, which is, but with, with players, they can practice, but you know, it's not like they're going to, they're doing anything for their careers when they're not playing hockey. They have to play hockey to make, to, to be happy and to, to, to better their potential. Right. So I see them wanting to play more, but the reality is that they're also, that's coming more from players who didn't play in the bubble. <laughs> players who played in the bubble are like, 
let's play 48 games and be at home and make and be okay with it. I've heard that too. So it's all over the map because the players who haven't played in a very long time, you know, that, that's those why guys, they want to play. They don't those want guys to are going crazy right now and they want to play for sure. Yes. I mean, it doesn't matter how much money players you have haven't played in eight months. Yeah. You're bored out. They're bored out of their minds and they have money, but they're not, you know, so we're not, shouldn't feel terrible for them, but you know, it does, it does wear on them mentally for sure. Um, and they, you know, and that's why you're seeing so many like these little like pickup games happening already with players out there, you know, that are already playing because they need to play. Um, but I think that, you know, what is interesting is that group that doesn't want to play at all. Um, the group of owners that don't want to play at all, because a couple of them are pretty influential. Um, but they're, but the NHL is, is flat out told them all, we're going to play. Yeah, we're going to play. You know, we understand that you're going to lose money. We understand that this is, but you got to see. So, but if you think about this, if you're a team, okay, that usually sells out games, um, you're, you, does that make you want to play or not want to play more? If it makes you not want to play. I mean, the reality is like some of the teams, some of the bigger teams out there that, you know, that aren't worried about their popularity and their cities fading or if they don't play till October and they know that they're still going to sell tickets. They don't think people are going to buy, you know, those are the teams that are like, what's the benefit to us? You know, the benefit to the league is one thing. The benefit to hockey in general is one thing, but the benefit to individual teams, because this is still an individual yeah. Hockey is still the best. I'll tell you what the benefit is. They need to play to actually have a league. Yes. Otherwise, this league may not exist. If and they that, that's what that's what Batman and Daly. Then where are you going to play? Well, that's what Batman and Daly are telling them. Okay, but as much as we want to think that this is a national hockey league, it really is a regional hockey league. Yeah, but, but but see, the, 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 this, is, this is this is a situation though. Like, okay, and I'm just using these as an example. I don't know which teams, but say for example, the two the two of the teams that have the highest ticket prices in the NHL, the Rangers and the Leafs. Right. Okay. Um, the Rangers and the Leafs, the ownership, they also own NBA teams. Right. So the, that will the profit that they're making from their NBA TV contracts counterbalances what they're losing in the NHL for a year. So they probably, I would think, if I had to guess, are not two of the teams that would say no, we don't want to play because it balance. I mean, Dolan it balances out for Dolan and it balances out for MLS and E. I mean, from what I've been told, one of those is one of the five teams that doesn't want to play at all. Um, and I can't say I won't say which one. Okay. But one of them is, you know, is one of those teams that doesn't want to play at all. And, you know, it's kind of it should be pretty obvious probably when I say that. But, you know, the the um there's other teams too that are just there are teams that are, that do well but aren't necessarily big name teams, but teams that do well that don't want to play. Do well, do well ticket wise. Like San, I do uh, have like, actual NHL news, believe it or not. Let's throw some out there. I got a couple rumors for us and we'll do that. Okay. Um it looks like Tampa Bay has um elevated Rob Zettler, who was the uh, Syracuse crunch coach. as an assistant. Now to me, I'm going to read into this a little bit and say, they're probably rescuing him because they probably don't know yes. when the AHL is going to start. And this is their way of making sure he still gets paid because they value him. Yes. Yeah, he was, uh, I mean, he was an assistant to Ron Wilson in Toronto. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if he was the head coach at Syracuse because I thought Benoit Gruel was. Well, then maybe he was an assistant there. I, yeah, I, think, he was an, I think he was an assistant. But, uh, but, but no, it's a way of making sure this guy gets paid. Sure. Because 
we could keep hearing that the AHL hopes to start, but honestly, guys, we have not heard anything. Right, yeah. and it's not a good sign that these ECL, ECHL teams are shutting down because the right. travel burden for these AHL teams is worse than, you know, and they have to have fans in the stands, and they're they're talking about starting in February. So, yeah, it's it's. I'm tight. saying keep an eye out because it wouldn't shock me if all of a sudden teams – start hiring somebody that they want to make sure they keep going from the AHL team just in case as another assistant, it wouldn't shock me because there's no, yeah. limit. there's no limit as to how many assistants. No, you they're going to have to find that out, you know, and then, and, and the AHL is real. I mean, I talked to somebody who was over there, they really are getting frustrated by the NHL, not figuring out what they're doing because the AHL is really dependent on what the NHL does in so many ways. Like we've talked right. about already, you know, whether you're going to have these taxi squads where they're going to have this, where they're going to have that, whether the any, some of the NHL teams might help fund, the AHL teams, um, you know, more than they usually do. I, I think I, I've heard the concept of the AHL contracting for a year. Like we talked about it before. Oh, sorry, Eck, you know what it was? He was the head coach from 2012 to 2016 of Syracuse. Okay. He just wasn't yeah. recently. Anyhow, yeah. sorry. So the concept that we talked about, you know, like the NHL, well, five of these teams don't want to play. Maybe those five teams just shouldn't play, you know, whatever. Um, we could actually see that in the AHL. Well, that's, that, that's what's happening in the E. They're, right, they're, it's happening in the ECHL. They're opting, they're opting out. You're not going to, and, and they're, you know, and the and the leagues are going to let them do that. They'll let them suspend play for a year, and they'll let their players be be integrated into other teams. I heard as well. Now, um, okay, um, uh, let me bring this up because uh, you know I I I used to collect cards and. Um, I liked it, but it got to be too, like for somebody who was, you know, young at that point, it was, it started to get too costly. And, um, you know, I was, I concentrated mostly on baseball, but the story out there, uh, Kevin McGrand from the Toronto star wrote about a Wayne Gretzky rookie that is going to, uh, break a million dollars now. And this is the thing. It's that, not, that's, the, that's the famous Wayne Gretzky rookie card, right? Which is it's the, it's the Opeachy rookie. Right, right. right. Now, Opeachy, for those who don't know, it was the Canadian version of Tops. And then how, much was, how much would that card like that just be worth in general? Like, well, the funny thing is, I've seen that card. Like, I, I know yeah, some out there, like, um, but but this one, of course, with the rating stuff, it's like a perfect ten edges, no, 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 no blemishes, no nothing. It's like apparently it's perfect, and that's why it's gonna, you know, it could get a million dollars. But see, that's the reason. Like, I have cards. I have a lot of cards. I have like baseball cards, like a Sandberg rookie and a Tony Gwynn rookie, and Bob. I just got these in the mail. So sixty yeah, cards. <laughs> yeah, and, and and then the thing is, it's like they're not one is not perfectly centered. It's like okay, it's still the rookie card. But it's like you know, mm -hmm. it loses half of its value because it's off by, right. it, you know, a thirty second of an inch. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah this thing is perfect, and it apparently wasn't. Uh, it wasn't uh, cut by Bruce McNall to be a perfect uh, edged uh, Honus Wagner rookie, right? Well, my um, my friend Dan, my friend Dan, we're gonna get Dan on the show soon. Um, my, the Minnesota blogger, like my best friend growing up. Um, and um, you know, yeah, we, we have questions for him. Yeah, we do have questions for him as well. Yeah. He is, How he is, can you be your best friend? No, we have different questions than you have for him. <laughs> He'll tell you some stories. He could he could tell you some stories that we're going to meaning Dan and I will have to have a long discussion before he comes on the show. <laughs> um but um <laughs> which is fine. But he also um at one point owned ten of those Opeachy Wayne Gretzky rookie cards. Oh my god. See, um, that, that's like that's like my that's like my mother threw away my brother's baseball cards and he, he said well i had a rose rookie and i had this rookie. you know and when the pete rose yeah. rookie was going for thousands of dollars 
you know, yeah. you know the, bas- the basketball cards that were really big because the players were tall or you know, like that kind of stuff. I don't know if he, I just texted him to see if he, I, don't, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, I don't know that he sold them at all. Like I, he's never, but cause I know that that was, you know, his, his favorite player was Wayne Gretzky from, for what, you know, a lot of people was with Wayne Gretzky, but he was like, I, I knew there was something wrong with him. He was on, he was on the Gretzky bandwagon. Like, you know, the Phoenix, the, the, the Phoenix roadrunners, Wayne Gretzky, you know, like, he was like the Indianapolis racers, right? Like that, like, you know, that was like, he was like, this guy's going to be amazing and all this stuff before I even, we have, I didn't even heard of him. Now, but, how, um, if there was a car, a WHA Indianapolis racers card, how is that one? Not the million dollar card and not the Opeachy Gretzky. So what is the Opeachy rookie card worth? I'm just curious. Um, I don't know. I'll, 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 look, I'll it up, look it up. I'm going to bring a rumor in while we talk about that. Um, okay. So today, uh, and over the weekend, I went again. I again went to the well with Mike's favorite rumor um, because again I was told the Flyers and Leafs and, and a lot of people always criticize me for not like following up on rumors. So since there's not a whole lot going on right now, I'm trying. I usually just get something out there and don't then try to find the next thing I can get out there because what was that? Don't get in, Don't worry if Mike's going to yell at you. Just move on. Oh, believe me. If I worried if Mike was going to yell at me, we wouldn't have a show anymore. Um, so <laughs> the um. I uh, I went I went out and I uh, you know I was, I was I was talking to some more people and again you know I was told that this time that um yeah he still has at least four of them he said there's a, a Gretz a nineteen a nineteen seventy nine this is tops okay so that right. that's selling for eight hundred and eighty dollars when I'm trying yeah, to top one's not nearly as valuable right because they printed a lot of them yeah. yeah I know he's got he's got them in his too um. We're gonna. Get, I told him we're gonna get him on the podcast at some point in the near future. Okay, um, here I'll, I'll give. You, here's an example. Now, I, I believe the rating, the PSA rating, goes from one to ten. Ten is perfect. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Here is on on eBay, and the it's rated as a five. You can see it's a little off center, and it's going for twenty five hundred dollars. So, okay. so let, yeah, I know a lot about this. The only thing I'll say is this: without totally killing the grading system at the end of the day you are still relying on joe grader to give you the grade yes what yeah. you see and what joe grader sees might be two different things and joe grader might be working the last 12 hours doing this and might not be sh- as sharp at the end of his shift as he is at the beginning and <laughs> so collectors if they don't get the grade they want a lot of times break them out of the cases that they get them graded in and take them somewhere else to get graded that's it that's my rant. That's yeah. yeah. I just got someone sent me a, uh, okay, there it is. Yeah. That's his card. That's the card my buddy has. That's really something. I, I remember when I was a kid, like he, he, I remember going into his room and he had like, he had like 10 of them across these. He's yeah. just collecting these wherever I can. the cops ones. No, that was the picture for what it's worth. I mean, that, that, that picture looked really familiar. Um, Isn't it the same picture on the tops one? Is yeah. it? It might be. The cards are exact. Exactly. Right. Okay. He's he's I got, he might then. Yeah. Um, do you guys remember? Which is still a great card, by the way. We're talking about this. Do you remember my favorite thing to collect back then? Like, I actually liked collecting. Um, was the sticker books? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't do that, but they did have them. They had no, them no, no. Card, we, we, um, a Canadian um, uh, a supermarket was in the states in the early to mid 70s loblaws and uh, right right loblaws is still in canada actually it's the supermarket that's in maple leaf gardens now um yeah. but Lob, loblaws was in the states 
and they had the NHL sticker book and you, you know, you, I, I believe me, I, that's how I knew some of these play. Like, you know, they had yeah. 74, 75 cause they had the capitals. It was like, you know, Mike Marzen and, uh, um, a few, you know, Kansas City Scouts, Simone Nolet, right. and you know, right. so yeah, no, I, I remember those. They were great. I mean, they were a lot of fun. I mean, I know I didn't keep them in good condition or anything like that, but they were just fun to collect. Uh, they were at the supermarket. I remember, I remember right. Um, was where I got them. At least I would go. We would go, and you know, in the supermarket line, you could get you could get them. They were like, you know, like the impulse buys. There were packets there. Um, that's where I would get yeah. them at least. Um, but let's get into some hockey rumors here. Yep. Sorry about well, that. Well, actually, Eck, I was going to say, you realize there was a card for Gretzky and Indianapolis Racers. The reason it's only like a $20 card is because it, it wasn't from a major card company and you have no idea how many were printed. But he actually does, there is an actual card for him on the race. There is an Indianapolis Racers card. Wow. Yeah, I have yeah. it, but you don't yeah. know any of the other details. You have no clue. Right. Wow. Wow. All right. So, some rumors. Um, First of all, talking about the um, the Leafs and the Flyers exploring a Nylander deal. Um, basically, the Flyers, all players, all defense not named Provorov are available to them, um, along with a second-round draft pick, I was told. So, you know, the, whether or not this, you know, comes to comes fruition or not. And then the interesting thing on top of that, and I'll put this together, Mike, so we can talk about today. On top of that, I hear today that the P.K. Subban thing is still out there and that they've had discussions with with – New Jersey about PK Supan at half the salary where New Jersey picks up half the salary and moves PK to them. And the, the concept here, you know, I, we've all talked about the Leafs have some really good, they made it, you know, they made it, I'm not crazy about the free agent they picked up, but I do really, I love the kid that's, I love the kid that's coming over from the, the this Finnish kid that's coming over from Russia. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think that's a serious, I think that was a steal of a, a player. I think he's going to be, I think he is going to be their second best defenseman. That's my opinion. Right out of the well, right I don't know if I'm there yet. Right yeah, out of the I mean, just yeah. that's saying a lot of people. There are so many teams that wanted him and they thought really highly of him. Right. So but they yeah, remember everybody still, wanted the kid from Dallas too, the uh the Swedish kid, and he came in and he flamed out. He was not that's always true, right? Maybe in Brunstrom. Brunstrom, thank you. Oh man, that was that was funny. Remember that whole thing? Yeah, that, um, that changed a hat trick. It's not funny if you're Fabian Brunstrom. He a hat trick in his first game. Remember, yeah. remember that he was the first YouTube guy, like Yes. The first guy that like you went nuts because people could see you saw the highlights and all these teams were super excited and they yeah, were all on them. Yeah. Like I am with, with Elias Sorokin. I'm like, you know, I'm like all in. So um, but now so the Leafs are doing this. So the Leafs are obviously looking at some at looking at grabbing a defenseman that they know can jump into their top six, despite the fact that they already have a pretty set up top six as far as how they're gonna do it. Um but the, the, I, don't, I don't think it's a bad idea to grab the insurance policy, Mike. I don't think it's a bad idea at all. Now, but it's an expensive insurance policy. Well, Nylander trade is not like a is not you're not doing that for an insurance policy. No. Um, so, uh, but I don't. But, but for Subban, I don't think it's. I think it's a different story, obviously. Yeah, so. but the, the, this this is okay. This is the problem here. Um, they really do, they don't have any cap space. Right. And they've traded the two forwards, one of them being to New Jersey, Andreas Janssen, who's making, you know, significant money. He was making in the, in the threes. Right. Um, uh, so Kapanen was making in the threes and he was traded to Pittsburgh. The only guy that you could trade outside of their top six who's making significant money is Kerfoot. And I right. continue to say that I can't see them trading. Here we go. Here we go. No, I can't see them trading Kerfoot because Kerfoot is – 
I mean, he either is a top six winger for them or he's their number three center. But he's still not untradeable. I don't I mean, believe I'm not, saying he's, I'm not saying he's untradeable. I'm no, but saying- every time he anytime he gets mentioned, you're like, look, Kerfoot's not – you don't believe Kerfoot will get traded, period. No, I like I Kerfoot a lot. I think he was a really – I do too. Guy. But here's the thing about him. I think he's – was high on him. And ironically he, was, he, he, ironically, he was a New Jersey draft pick. Right. Yeah, I, I think, I think Kerfoot's value is, a, is significantly higher in the Toronto – realm because of the fact that they don't want to sit there and say that they didn't get back something good for Kadri. Yeah. I mean, that that plays into it. Like if you, if you just, if you give Griffith away for very little to go open up cap space, what is that may be be part of it, but also, you know, his season was derailed after he got uh, hit in the face by Jeff Carter broke it broke his like uh, he had he had dent dental injuries that uh, the pain basically really affected him until, until yeah. March. Um, and when he came back in, in the playoffs, he played well for them. So I, yeah. I, I really don't think that, you know, that they want to move him. And that's they need more that's, Kerfoot type players, honestly. Right. No, listen, that's, that's, if I'm Toronto, I'm putting VC and Kerfoot together because they played together in college. Yes. But still, if there's a trade out there that's going to help my cap, I, I can live with not doing that. Well, that's not going to help your cap. Even if they retain 50%, uh, Subban makes $9 million, So yeah, that's not going to help. If they retain 50, he's making four or five. And they really, if even if they move Kerfoot, that's adding a million dollars to their payroll. That's, I mean, it, I think it weakens them up the middle. And, you know, they've added so many defensemen in terms of bodies, in terms of Bogosian and Brody and Lettinen, that I don't know if there's room for somebody like Subban to come in. I mean, if before the if the before free agency they were talking about Subban, it made sense with that the Devils retaining fifty percent because they could have traded Andreas Janssen for him instead of getting Joey Anderson back and getting fifty percent of Subban. But now, yeah. now that they have all the defensemen that they have, I can't I can't the see. The only it. way you could balance it is if you were getting rid of Anderson and getting Mackenzie Blackwood back in this deal. Yeah, no, and that's not happening. No, um, another. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so. Um, I mean, I just think it's something to keep my eyes out for with um, with the Leafs and defense. I, I like the way they're thinking here in terms I, of. I think what they're going to do, Eck, is that they're going to see how the revamped defense that they, you know, that the, the players I just mentioned, how it plays uh, through the first half of the season, and if there's room for flexibility, yeah. they may make a trade before the deadline. But I think they're going to start the season with the guys that they have. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, okay. The, um, the other, the other player that I heard some things about this morning and get into for a second, then before we get out of here, um, is two, well, two players, Derek Broussard and Michael Forleek. Um, so Forleek, I just, uh, I I heard, you know, Columbus has serious interest in Michael Forleek and that, that could be, we know, we know Columbus is going to pick up something. Um, but this is this, and this Forleek could be, Forleek's a good idea for them, I think. Um, because he can. He's a decent player. He has, yeah, he's, he has his moments. Like there's, it, it seems like he is either real. It seems like he's very situation situationally good on certain teams. Yeah, he's a, but he's more of a bottom six. I mean, third line, fourth line winger type. He's. Hey, I don't, I don't see him moving the ball significantly or costing that much. Well, yeah, for them, for for, for them, you know, with for a league, they have to like they, you know, for Columbus needs to get scoring from all four lines. That's the way they play. I mean, Russ. 
for Leak is a far cry from Grandland in terms of a replacement for for uh, Nyquist. I mean, if yeah. you know they're gonna have to replace Nyquist's offense because he's gonna be out for what a couple months at least. Yeah, for Leak's more of a two-way player though. Right. Exactly. He is. I mean, he's got speed, but he's not getting you more than thirty points. Yeah. I mean, you know, other teams. He might get ten goals. He had that one year. He was getting the crazy amount of goals, but that. that that's and not heard Ottawa. Ottawa has like you know that he's basically got a standing offer to go to Ottawa, but he, he's trying to figure out something else. Is what I've heard. Right. But, um, that you know Ottawa would definitely take him on. They they like him. And um, and Broussard. Broussard, um, the Canucks, um, and that again is a, is a, is a little strange because first of all, cap space obviously with Vancouver is a huge issue. Um, and you know if they can kill it, if they can clear cap space, we know that they're going to try to get Hoffman in. So the question in here is um, what Broussard is willing to take. If Broussard is willing to take a lot less money, a lot less money than normal, um, then then he comes in and he's a good he's a good fit in Vancouver. I think if, if that happens, I think he comes in there and he actually fills the space. He's not quite you know who they they had from L.A. that they let go. I can't think of the name. Oh, oh, uh, Tyler Toffoli. Yeah, he's not quite Toffoli, but he's I'd say Broussard and Toffoli are similar to esque players. Uh, I, I mean, I think Toffoli's more of a sniper, and Broussard. I mean, Broussard yeah. plays center. He's more of a you know he can play wing, but I Broussard's think he's more adaptable. He yeah. can play with a lot of players, but he yeah. Toffoli is much more of a sniper. Hey, I got one more cute cute story. If if we're done with Ruben, yeah, 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 go ahead. Okay, so over the weekend, or maybe even at the end of Thursday, right around that time, Boston got hit with a bad snowstorm, and so they, um, you know how they do those man on the street interviews. So they're at a rest stop and they interviewed this, you know, unassuming looking Canadian guy who says, yeah, I'm used to snow in Canada. And, you know, we put on our, our snow tires, but right now this is pretty bad. So I don't know if we really, you know, you want to be out in it. And it was Jerome McGinley and the, the camera crew had, and the reporter had no idea who he was. I'd, I'd like Sorry to know this. what the heck he was doing in Boston. I think he lives there now. Oh, okay. All right. That's now, what I, heard. I, I, I got that confirmed from somebody that, he may have a. He still. Yeah, I heard he lives in Boston too. Um, yeah, but okay. it's hilarious act that he he was Isn't literally your average guy getting interviewed about it. Yeah. never let on like, hey, I'm Jerome McGinley or hey, I'm a hockey player. Didn't even go there. That's what I love about Jerome McGinley. Oh, I think it's amazing. I absolutely think it's amazing. Um, yeah, and he, and and he. I mean, but McGinley, that is like perfect McGinley. That is what he yeah. is. You know, like he is like no ego. He's a class as class as they come, and I think the NHL has missed the boat on not having him be more of a ambassador for them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, like since he's retired, or maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe he doesn't have anything. He's a good guy to have around. Well, and I, maybe he doesn't want to do it. You know, it's possible he doesn't want to do it. And 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 uh, a couple notes. Um, unfortunately, in terms of COVID, uh, William Eklund, uh, your relative Ack, yes, um, who was you know a top prospect for the 2021 draft. Uh, he and another Swedish player are tested positive. So they are not going to uh, go to Edmonton for team Sweden. And there were three Americans here for Thanksgiving. So that's why I'm quarantined. You know. Yeah, there we go. Three um, Americans. Yeah. One of them is master Simone who, who had a really good chance of making the team. The other is Alex Vlasic who probably would have made the team. Right. He's a very good defensive physical um, defenseman. They're going to miss him too. Yeah. Big time, big time. And the other, I think the other one was the other one, Farinacci. Uh, Drew, Drew Camesso. Oh, Drew Camesso, third goalie. So they, they'll they be okay without him. That's yeah, right. they named replacements. Uh, I, I can't pull it. Yeah, Hunter Skinner is one of them. Um, yes. I did have a Rangers top 10 that I did for a full press. If people want to check it out, 
Hunter Skinner was my number nine, actually, in the Rangers' top ten prospects. So he's really right. good. I saw him play in London last year. I did want to touch something. I should I should have touched I should have touched on this earlier. Sorry, because I was oh, getting about this. Um, and that is the Eric DeHatchik rumor that was put out um, involving the Red Wings and the Lightning. Um, and this, you know, this is something that came out. I guess was it over the weekend or was it Friday of last week? Somewhere in there. Over the weekend, I think. Okay, yeah. so uh, the athletic Eric Strachik, who you know is a friend of the show, is a really good friend of mine. Um, and beyond reproach, in my opinion, as far as, you know, this felt, when I read this article, the reason I didn't respond to it is it felt to me more speculative than him rumoring, than him saying he heard this. It felt like he the way he wrote it was like, this is something that could make sense. Um, and he pieced it together, you know, it was really the best way I could think about it. So here's who he writes, in a perfect world, I would try to move not just one, but two of the remaining contract headaches, preferably Johnson and Kaloran to Detroit and be prepared to surrender both the first round pick and a quality young player to get the Red Wings to bite. Um, Detroit would probably jump on that deal if the quality young player were, were Cernak, um, who's highly valued. Now to me, that's kind of an insane offer. Yeah, uh, what, are they, what are they getting back? Nothing? Yeah, like they're, this is just this is just a clear space and they're giving Detroit a, a first round pick, Cernak, Johnson and Kaloran, because the Red Wings have all kinds of cap space and that's the thinking, right? So. I think that that is. Um, I don't even know if the league would allow it. It they is. would have to get something back, right? You have to, have to get back. something back, or they won't even allow this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, it's essentially, he's offering Johnson, Kaloran, Cernak, a first round and a first round pick, and maybe something else in exchange for just future considerations. No, you can't do that. There's I mean, no way that would get approved. Like for example, yeah. the Mar the Marlow deal that the Leafs made with uh, right. With Carolina, it was Marlowe and a first round pick for I think it was like a sixth round pick. Right. So it was clearly yeah. a salary dump. But yeah. they but would have to get something in return. Right. And Marlowe was a 40-year-old winger on the verge of retirement who wanted to continue his career, but not, you know, Toronto couldn't afford him. This is, you know, you're trading two, three players in your prime and a first round pick. I mean, this, but think of what this trade would do to the Red Wings. Like that's why I don't think – I mean, that's why I don't think it'll happen because – I and I'm not saying I think the Red Wings are trying to tank because I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is the Red, Wings are, <laughs> the Red, the Red Wings are embracing the rebuild. They, yeah. they're, they're adding players, but they know that they're probably going to be in the bottom ten and they're going to get another yeah. good young player. And yeah. you add Kalorn and Johnson, they're not going to be a playoff team, but they're going to probably be more of a middle-of-the-pack team. And they're yeah. spending more money when revenue is not coming in. So that's right. And, and actually, I don't want to be a downer as far as for Red Wings fans. But right now, in the mold that Iserman has them in, why would the Red Wings want to spend money? Right. Yeah. No, this is why. And this, to spend money. This is something that has come out, too, that, you know, the, that the Red Wings were not um, interested, you know, and everybody expected them to go hard, you know, after after Krug, right? After yeah. uh, they thought because he's from the area. He's a good quality guy. He's a good. He wants probably wants to play for the Red Wings. They didn't even. They didn't even talk to him. They didn't even contact him. I'm not told. shocked, only because I think Iserman has this plan, this yeah. vision, and there is no point in signing any player right. at a free agent contract or taking on any salaries exactly. when you know that you're still not going to be good for another year or two. I mean, and 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 Eisman's response to when I, I tell me I talked to, we talked to him said that Eisman's response to why didn't you talk to Kruger was basically what you said, but if I'm, if I'm going to give Kruger a three to five year deal or whatever I'm going to give him, um, I'm not, I might get, I might only be competitive in the last two years of that deal. So right. 
as, he's, as he's 34 and 33 and 34. Is yeah. And, and at that point, Krug's Krug's, you know, is, is, is deteriorating off too. So yeah. to me, um, that makes sense. This is like trading an entire line. Um, Johnson, Kalorian and Cernak could, they, they're like, they, they would become the Red Wings. See this, this second is line. What this is assuming. And you know, like I said, I have all the respect for Eric, but uh, you know what he sees Sorelli out there and thinks that probably they're going to sign yeah. him to long-term extension. And we know based on their track record that they're trying to shoehorn Sorelli into a bridge deal. Yeah. And they're not, they're not going to make this move uh, a move like this until they get Sorelli under contract. They're going right. to use all, all 10% yeah. of that 10% over the cap. Yeah. And then they'll move to, to be able to get under the cap. But that, they would trade Kalorn much quicker than they would trade Sorelli. Correct. They're right. not. Yeah. Sorelli. Well, yeah. Yeah, they would. They, he's a better but he's a better kind of, he's a, he's, he's a key penalty killer for them. Yeah. He's younger and he has more offensive upside than than Kalorn. True. I, yeah. I still be, I still believe that the uh, that the tactic they're going to use at least at the start of the season is to put Stamkos on LTIR. Yeah. Because it opens up enough room for them to sign these guys, and not to say that if you know, at, but at a certain point they're going to have to become cap compliant, and that's an eight and a half million dollar price tag to to fit in. So it's not going to be easy. No, but think about it. In the end, um, the RFAs for for Tampa are going to get signed last minute, and they're just not going to yeah. get great salaries. That's it. You could yeah, see yeah. you, and I and I said this on Friday. You could see. So it's not in terms of security the best thing, but we've seen examples of it. You could see Sorelli signed a one-year deal, uh, like Kevin LeBanc did in San Jose, and then basically Breeze Boss say to him, "Okay, next year I'll pay you because right. all these, you know, I'll have more money to pay you," and right. that's. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah. like give me Barboulet or Kachuk. They're both so close to the NHL. You're not getting either one of them right. because right. they're cheap salaries. There is no way they're trading those guys. Right, Volkov, Barboulet, Kachuk, Radish, Calfoot. They've got a lot of young, good young players. No, so you know, Kevin, said, you know, Kevin Allen said he believes for the sure, um, for sure that you know that 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 they have a trade that they can fix that they right. that they can make this happen and this 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 would obviously this would obviously fix it, but. Um, this is just giving up way too much for that. And and remember, next year they're going to lose another guy with the expansion right. draft, and I think right. that will that will be Johnson because they probably will yeah. pay Seattle to take him. And he's a perfect guy to market out there, right? Yeah, he's Bokan, he played in the West. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. All right, that's uh, that's all the time we have for today, guys. Um, we got uh, Genesis Lost Tapes. Someone wants to talk about that? Yeah, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, I don't know anything about that either. But, um, but maybe we'll talk, look around and talk about it at some point. Um, thanks so much for listening to us at the beginning of the show. We tried to give you a little bit longer show because we did talk a little bit longer yeah. there. He's, he's trolling us, Eck. I don't think he's serious. Okay. Yeah, like like the real thanks. Michael Cohen. He's a troll. Thank you very much. I really, We really need trolls in this day and age. We really appreciate it. It helps. Um, remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.